last night, Sarah and I were hanging out with some friends to celebrate Chinese New Year. What? Lunar New Year. The Lunar New Year. It truly is. It spans a lot of Asia, probably all of Asia. Yes. That's a great. We we've been I've been saying Chinese New Year because my friend Shusha is from the Sichuan province of China, and so Sarah and I and a bunch of our friends got together to celebrate Lunar New Year. I couldn't figure out how to say it in Chinese, so I'll say it in English. No, I was thinking something else. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. All right. There's, there's a Chinese saying that allegedly goes: When it comes to a close friend, a thousand cups are too few. It's fun because these things are obviously Lunar New Year was just an excuse to do what we do like once every couple months, which is a massive cooking night. And so we all get together in a big kitchen and you all make you all have a theme for it and they make all as like it's like you're almost trying to outdo each other eight courses spanning from 5 p.m till midnight wine pairings more like one or two in the morning i mean the cooking stops around midnight oh yeah like picture (laughs) picture yourself like as stuffed as, as you've ever been and you're having great conversation and then all of a sudden somebody is somebody goes Oh, by the way, when are we going to start that fifth course? <laughs> we have we have the main meat dish is still in front of us. It's like it's twelve thirty at night. All right, bring it on. Matter. But one of my favorite things about these evenings are the conversations that come up in them. Like last night, Chusha was teaching us about the cheersing tradition in China and what that looks like. Have to. <laughs> I was with my friend's father, two of them. Okay, All so is it big. kanbai or gambai? Gambai. Gambai. So you, in Japanese, it's uh, kanpai, which is the gambai. same. It's yeah. too similar. It throws me off. Yeah. yeah. And then you say, if someone doesn't want to drain their glass, you say... Sweet. Like as you Sui. wish. So if you, somebody calls a toast... You take your time. You just say sui, that means... You should drink when you want to. Yeah. Drink as little, you know, drink as you wish. Yeah, drink as you. Yeah. It's always bottoms up. Yeah. It's not just cheers. It's cheers. Is that the most cheers? Is that the most popular cheers? The only word we learn. Or like, what do you? We don't. I think gambay is being used very carefully nowadays. I don't. I think people actually say more and more cheers. Yeah. It's international. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like we say cheers, gambay. But of course, if you're in a family sitting, it's like not a big deal. Yeah. Nobody takes. But if you're out with people, there's certain social behavior. Interesting. Now, as much as the food, the wine, the beer uh, that we all have all, like for six hours in the evening is fun, one of my favorite things about these evenings is the conversations that come up. And last night, at some point in it, Chusha was asking me what my thoughts were about the state of the union, as it were, for music, specifically music in Minneapolis. And as much as like I... Told her I'm not. I'm not the one who necessarily knows. Like I'm not. I'm mainly. I'm not a futurist in my mind. I'm not a futurist. I'm an archivist of sorts. 
So looking forward and thinking about trends and what, what, what this next year is going to look like for music in general is it's something that I just find myself more curious than I have answers for oftentimes. And so we were talking about that and I was saying the one thing I can speak to is that the major, within the majority of all my music friends, there seems to be a time right now, a season of like unsettledness, like trying to figure out, like a lot of musicians are asking this question too. Like, like maybe in not only just in music in general, what does the future hold? But like also personally, like what, what is, what are the next couple of years look like in my life? What's the new direction? Maybe it's because we're all just hitting that age where we're asking those kinds of questions, but it's, it just feels like, uh, Although this is the year of the dragon, it also feels like it's the year of the transition, the unsettledness, the unknownness of the, what the future looks like. And so uh, I came across this video taught by a guy named Rick Beato, who is talking about music trends right now in 2024. And it was fascinating. It's like this eight minutes long talk about analytical, these are the stats, okay, instrumentation, length of songs, um, genres, what does it look like in the charts that is trending and becoming less popular and more popular? So today, in the time of transition, I wanted to share this with you because I find it fascinating. You were coughing while I was trying to talk. I'm sorry. No, how dare you try to talk when I cough or cough when I talk? Do people know how in my face you are? I mean, Ah! okay, what? Chuchel was saying... Talk closer, oh my, my face. God. <laughs> yes? Chuchel was saying that the year of the dragon brings big things. Good big, bad big, both. Holy crap. What is in store? Maybe the prophet Rick Beato will tell us. <laughs> hey, friends. This is Rob from the future. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Uh, I recorded and posted this episode yesterday, and right when I, I right here in this moment in the episode, I dove right into Rick Beato's talk about the statistics and what music is going to look like this year, the trends that are happening right now, and I want to jump back in time and have a little clarifier before we dive into this. The clarification I have is the way I framed this episode, even down to the clickbaity title, is this is my prediction or the predictions for music in twenty. 24. This is here's the deal. These statistics that Rick is about to talk about in this episode are just that they're statistics for the top 100 billboard, like top songs on the charts, whatever. In actuality, none of this shit really matters when it comes to you or I. What, what is what's music going to look like this year? I don't know because you and I haven't made it yet. Although I find statistics like this really fascinating and I am still going to share this because I love this kind of crap. A little bit of it is still bullshit. And if you want to talk a little bit more about that, check out tomorrow's episode and I'm going to dive into that a little deeper. It's called My Numbers Bullshit. And I think it's a perfect follow-up to how I currently look at things like charts. Okay, this is going to be an interesting video, I think. There's a company that reached out to me a few months ago. It's called Chart Cipher. And what they do is they use AI and they compile trends based on the Billboard charts. But it's trends 
over years and years. But you can see kind of what is happening in music now. And these are some really interesting things because they talk about topics of songs, how many words are in the titles, things like that, nerdy things that I really think are interesting. So one of the first things in here is the primary genre trend chart. You'll notice that it says that hip hop at 27% and pop at 27% are the two top genres right now. The next is country at 20% then rock, 19%, R&B is at 9%, Latin is at 6%, and then at the bottom here is dance or electronic music. If you go to the next chart, this is where it gets interesting because then you look at essentially 2019 to 2023. So the last four years, what the trends are. And you'll notice that this top thing here is hip hop music, which has actually gone down a lot on the charts. It's gone from 53% dominance, then 58% in 2020, but now it's way down to 27%. So hip hop is going down in its the way it's represented on the charts. People are less interested in hip hop music. I would say that pop music has stayed relatively the same, 30%, 22 or 23, and then it's back at 27. So, you know, fluctuating between 30% and 23%, let's say, but 27 last year. And then the things that are on the rise are really country and rock seem to be on the rise. It says right here, since 2022 to 2023, country has moved from 8% up to 20% of its representation on the Billboard charts. That's a 150% increase. That's massive. I've noticed this when I do the top 10 Spotify countdowns, that there's a lot of country songs on the charts now that there never were before, right? Rock has moved up from 12% to 19%. That's a 58% increase which is cool. And like I said, hip hop is down 37%, as you can see here. I think people are, are getting tired of hip hop. I noticed that the trap beats, that, uh, that, that drum sound that you used to hear constantly on the chart when I started doing these, these top 10 countdowns a few years ago, really has disappeared. I think people are just bored with it. And then if that's gonna come down, something's gonna replace it. And it seems to be rock and country are moving up. Okay, the next chart that I think is interesting here is instrument prevalence trends. So it says here, almost all streaming hits contain pr primarily drums and bass. Of course, we know that. The prominent use of guitar surged to the highest level in over a decade. This is in due in part to both the rise in country and rock, as we just said in the last segment. Conversely, the use of piano has been on the decline. Okay, pretty interesting. If you look at the chart, you'll see this instrument prevalence here with the bases in this uh, mauve color, whatever this is, kind of purplish. Then the drums are in yellow, guitar is in red, and piano at 16% is in green. Okay, so to put it more succinctly, the use of the guitar on songs that are on the Billboard charts from 2022 to 2023 has gone up 56%, and the use of the piano has gone down 41%. Now, I guess people are not taking piano lessons. Actually, that's kind of a joke because the piano is all MIDI anyways. Okay, the next chart that I think is really interesting is this tempo trends. In the last four years, or from 2019 to 2023, it appears like songs are getting slower. There's been an increase of songs that are slower than 79 BPM by 23%, and songs that are between 100 and 119 BPM 
have decreased by 24%. So when I think about the charts that we've listened to over the last couple of years, it does seem like songs have gotten slower, or they're at least all mid-tempo songs. The only song that pops into my head is that Olivia Rodrigo song, that, that uh, Bad Idea. That song is the only one I can think of that was in the top 10 recently that's kind of an up-tempo rock song. The next thing I find fascinating are the song length trends. Now, there's a really interesting article in the Washington Post about a week and a half ago about how songs are getting shorter and shorter. And they actually showed from the 1960s when songs were routinely under three minutes. And then that peaked in the 1990s, the early 90s, really, at over four minutes. And now they're back under three minutes. Most of the songs on the pop charts are two minutes. It's really interesting because I was driving my daughter Layla to school. She said to me, uh, can you play some new songs? So I start playing new songs. We were listening to that song, Greedy, by Tate McRae. Two minutes and 20 seconds. And then the next song we listened to was two minutes and 15 seconds. Then two minutes and 18 seconds. She said, is every song under three minutes? I said, yeah. And so I said, you know, all the Beatles' early songs are under three minutes, too. So I start playing the Red album, the 62 to 66 album, and really all those songs are under three minutes. Love Me Do, two minutes and 20 seconds. Please Please Me, 201. From Me to You, 157. She Loves You, 222. I Want to Hold Your Hand, 226. All My Love in 209. Can't Buy Me Love, 213. Ticket to Ride, 311. Amazing, right? Even songs like Nowhere Man, 244, Michelle, 242, uh, In My Life, 227, Girl, 231, Payback Writer, 219. These are short songs. The difference between those short songs and the short songs today, though, I like that Greedy song, Tate McRae, but there's nothing to it. It's a verse and a chorus, and then a verse and a chorus, and then some type of bridge. It's not even a bridge. I don't even know what it is. like a breakdown verse and one chorus, and then just does this kind of nothing out chorus. It doesn't even do a double chorus at the end. Whereas the Beatles had multiple bridges in these songs. They had intros, they had solos, they had everything. And they fit all this stuff in these amazing songs that you can listen to for the next 60 years or so. So after looking at the Beatles songs, I said, Layla, how long do you think Smells Like Teen Spirit is? She says, I have no idea. So we looked it up. It's five minutes and one second long. So then I started comparing other songs from that era. Jeremy, 518. Black Hole Sun, 518 also. Wow. Man in the Box, 445. Tonight Tonight by Smashing Pumpkins is 414. Plush by STP is 513. These are long songs, twice as long as songs are today. So why were songs so long back then? First of all, there were way better written songs. And second of all, there was no internet to zap people's attention. No social media, no video games, no anything to take people's attention away and make them want to swipe. No TikTok, no YouTube shorts, no Instagram. People actually could sit there and just listen to music. The next chart I find really interesting because I've noticed this when I look at the charts, that songs have less profanity in them. 61% of songs in the Billboard charts in 2023 have no profanity in them. 32% have some, and only 7% have frequent. So a really interesting trend is that songs that use no profanity are at the same level that they were in 2014. I don't know what that means, 
you guys can make your own conclusions to that. I'm not sure why that is, but uh, it's probably related to some of the other things that I've cited today. I would love to know your thoughts on this. If you think this is an interesting topic to go into, because I love this kind of stuff. I'm always thinking about these things like why is popular music changing? Is it changing for the better? Is it changing for the worse? I think in this last top 10 countdown that I did, that it's gotten a little bit better. People are using more real instruments, less profanity, much more diversity in tempos and grooves, things like that. Still not really any fast songs. Love to know your thoughts. Hit the subscribe button, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment. Thanks for watching. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.